Welcome everyone, you're tuning in to Engaging Walk. My name is Drake. And my name is Ruby. We believe in the power of walking together and talking together. And a simple act to stay connected and movement is key. Alright, so this week we um, we did some more Engaging Walks and we are still, like I said, we're exploring El Cajon area. It's, um, it's our new home, it's east of San Diego and wanted to thank you guys for tuning in. It's This is episode 26, so we are... Halfway through our, I guess our yearly, but it'll take probably two, uh, <laughs> you know, like if we did one episode a, uh, a week, it'd be mm-hmm. 52 weeks. So yeah, so that's, um, that's a really big accomplishment for us to be like our six month mark of making podcasts. So we thank you guys so much for tuning in. So this week we're going to continue on with our topic, which is navigating the one. Yes. So we want to uh, clear up exactly what we're talking about when we say navigating the one. We're talking about finding your way to find to search and to properly assess who the one is for you. Mm-hmm. Now there might be multiple people out there. You know, it's not just like a soulmate. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the one for you, a person that you can reasonably and happily live your life together and coexist, you know, harmoniously. Well, yeah. And give yourself the best chance for success in marriage. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to divide this up into two parts. One is um, in this section, we're going to be talking about asking the big questions in that getting to know each other phase. And as you progress in knowing each other more and more, there's more and more deep questions, asking those big, deep questions that you're going to need to know in order to really understand who this person is, one, and then second, how are you going to coexist as a family unit? Mm-hmm. So that's going to take getting into some really deep conversations and some really big topics. So I'm going to let Ruby take it from here. And before we you know, start, I encourage you, if you have a note, so you can write down questions that you know, speak to your heart. And that way, you know, you know what to ask the person that if you have already have one. So the first one will be for yourself to ask the person, the, yeah, the yeah. personal level. This is, you know, like I said, we're going to break this up into two parts. One, this part is where you're really driving at who this person is. Because like Ruby and I were discussing this beforehand and she brought up an excellent point. The person can tell you like what, what they think you want to hear. And mm-hmm. the more questions that you ask, the more you can actually really drive at the who the person is fundamentally. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about in this section of the of the first section of this. And the second one we're going to get into, how can you ask questions to really drive at how you're going to work together as a family unit? Okay, so for the f- personal questions, I think it's um, the most important. In- inspiring questions I receive or I love to ask people is that what is what's the meaning what is what are they doing to bring meaningful to their life what is it that they make them come alive Mm -hmm. you know um so you can ask that questions so from that instead of asking like very um cookie cutter question like what is your what do you like to do in life or yeah, like what are your interests or like what do you like to, what's your hobbies? So asking a, a little bit different approach or a different angle of approach of a question to the person's life, you will get to hear them a different way. So I would say, what drive you? What make you come alive? Yeah, what are your passions? What are you passionate about? In, in life. And um, what was the last time that you are mo- the most happiest? Mm-hmm. Uh, in life and then write it down or you know memorize because it's kind of weird if you write things down <laughs> in front of the person you know like an interview and you can start hearing the person you know sharing and also like let's say what is your goal in life you know talk about goals um beside passionate things so if the person already mentioned like oh yeah for example i love to be um a good swimmer you know, that I feel like I become myself when I in the water swimming, for example. And you can ask, okay, so um, are you a, a swimmer, a professional swimmer right now? Or you um, or you're still working on that? So if the person answer like, oh, I'm already in that and I'm trying to work harder, you know, this person intentional to, with their life. 
Mm-hmm. Or the person say, "Oh yeah, um, I'm gonna do it in the future," and you can ask like, "So are you plan? How is how is it for you to move forward from here? You know, what is your practical steps?" And so based on the answer, you also know like, are they intentional to with their life or not? If they said, "Oh." Yeah, so this time, this maybe next week or you know next month, I'm planning to take this class, or you know like training this, and order. Or the answer could be like, oh, I don't know, I will see because I'm still busy right now. So you can see, you know, how intentional um, they are toward their life. Yeah, not just intention, but you also see how much drive they have, how much um, will they have to succeed. And how much um, determination and vision they have. So you know, a person that kind of like just sits on their dreams and like puts them aside, and you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe this person is not the right person for me. If you start, if you start seeing these things, or a person that you know doesn't really have <laughs> their life together, they're like, okay, you know, you can start to. Like that's what I feel like I hear Ruby saying is like you can start putting these pieces together once you start understanding what this person's person's passionate about, what they like to do with their time, and are they actually doing the things that they want to do in life? And if they're not, why not? You know, some people might have a good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might not. And you asking those big, those deep uh, questions are are really important, especially in that phase, so you can get a sense of. Who this person is, uh, what do they want out of their life, and um, because this goes back to the first episode mm-hmm. that we've done in this series, which is you need to bring something to the table. Yeah, you know, you need to be settled or not settled, but completely, but at least on a good track in your own life. That way, you have some sense of stability and self um, and self worth going mm-hmm. into the relationship. Yeah. And that's a foundation that you're going to need to have. So, you know, this might not be like a, as, as as simple as having hobbies. It could be like this person has a career that they're really invested in and they love or mm-hmm. a business that they've set up or, um, you know, like in, in like in Ruby's case, she's very, very passionate about working with children, serving children. And she had and I and I saw very early on that she was doing that in all facets of her life. That she was doing that in her church, and she was doing that in her career, and she made a career cho- uh, change that, you know, that really spoke to her, you know, and um, and not only that, but she was very rooted and grounded in her faith, mm-hmm. and um, that was something that she was very passionate about, and is something that she's very passionate about, and that passion, and that source of of strength for her and. It really speaks to who she is as a person. And I think that is ultimately what we're looking for because, you know, in a person that is our soon-to-be, like, life partner, you want to get a sense that this person has not just a moral compass, but they have sets of principles and values that you can respect. And if you can respect that person for who they are, then that goes a long way because you can't, you can't be in a relationship with somebody that you don't respect. It's very true. That's, that's so true. I totally agree. And um, just also, you know, like whatever that Drake mentioned, that back in the first episode in the series, that investing yourself, like I, for me, is is very big key for me when a person is a learner. Because you can see that this the person is very, um, has a teachable heart, which is very key. Because in life, when you go through journey of changing and growing, we know that uh, I know this person is going to continue to grow in new things instead of like, oh, I know it all. I, I don't want to know more. You know, so lear- as a, um, characters of a, as a learner have a teachable heart and love to learn new things. Th- this is a very key thing to my heart that this is what I'm looking for. Um, for the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think a lot of that drives, again, at uh, at values, the inner character of the person. And, you know, like we were talking about, a lot of these things aren't going to be truly revealed until you start to get to know each other because, you know, a person's resume might be one thing and then how they are at work is another thing. That is true. You know, but 
at least you can sort of like put your detective hat on, <laughs> you know, not interrogate the person like, you know, CIA style, but at least <laughs> like get a, you know, put yourself out there and save some time and really ask these deep questions. That was something that really happened in our relationship early on. And I was thankful for um, because we got to know each other on a deep level very quickly through asking these questions and through understanding each other. So I think, you know, I mean, and particularly in myself and Ruby's case was we asked a lot of questions about, uh, we're going to get into some of the questions that we asked each other so that you guys can use that as a, um, as a uh, rubric if you, or a sort of a, a guide, if you will. But I remember at that stage, there being some questions that we asked each other and that would take, I know a day or two to really fully flush out an answer mm-hmm. because they weren't just like, Hey, uh, what's your favorite movie? You know, there were more questions like, how do you feel about children? And like, do you want to have children? And well, we'll get into some of those questions actually. Let's dive into them. That's a good, that's a good time to get into it. But yeah, these questions that we would ask each other, they wouldn't take a, a it's not like these types of questions that you can just answer in a minute. Yeah, you know, there are questions that you're going to have to keep coming back to and really truly understanding each other's position and seeing if you are compatible. Um, I wanted to add some, something on toward that. Like when before we go into like deep questions, I know I'm, I'm kind of nerdy. So I it's kind of scary because um, I will ask. I, I mean, I love asking questions. So. You know, it's kind of int- in- intimidating for a guy to hear so many big questions. Um, but I'm I'm glad that Drake able to take it take it on, and um, so give the person heads up like, hey, I know I'm asking a, you know some big questions, but don't you don't have to answer me right now. Feel free to come back to me, or you know if you or add more to it when you feel to, so that that way the co- the conversation flow naturally. And um, one of the another thing that I ask for about a, another person to um, to know the the person, I will ask about faith. For me, faith is a big thing, and one of the very big reason that relationship won't last or marriage won't last because of the faith. So let's dive into that. So right on, I think the second or the first, actually the first. <laughs> date or even we texting uh, stage before we even meet we're talking about faith so I'm asking like do you have a, a relationship with God you know um, not like do you are you a Christian because people can be a Christian but they don't have relationship with God so I'm asking him do you have relationship with God what does it look like for you how do you maintain the relationship with God you know, by asking those questions, you can tell, like, does this person really spend time with God? Does this person really know God or not? You know, because people can go to church and have nothing to do with God or no no interest at all in the Bible, no interest at all in um, growing the relationship with God. And um, and maybe you can ask, like, do you have um, any mentors in, in the church or in faith? You know, how do you how do you grow? How? How did you grow in faith? Or, you know, things like that. You can check, like, is this person intentional to grow in, with God? Yeah, the God question is a really big one because not only are you driving at faith, but you're driving at values uh, when, you, when you are asking about um, your, this, your, your potential partner's faith. Because faith is not just the religious aspect of like, do you believe in God? How, how much, um, how big of a part of it is in your life? But it also drives at once, <laughs> once a person is okay, yes, I believe in God or I don't, or however they stand, a whole system of values falls from that position. So right from there, you can get a very good idea of like who this person is um, how much you can you can relate to them in terms of of like uh, sharing that spiritual and f- um, faith connection and what you can expect from them. So it's a, it is a very big and important question because you know in Christianity we have like a whole system of values that because mm-hmm. the Bible isn't just like hey show up to church and we'll see what happens there. It's like no, we show up and then we go over what God expects from us. 
and how we're supposed to maintain that relationship, not just with him, but with each other. There's a whole system of values that falls from that. So that is um, that is a big, big question that you want to get into. And like Ruby was saying, it's one of the uh, major markers of um, compatibility in a relationship. Uh-huh. And then um, it's one of the things that I think Christians, girls or guys, usually faith face with is that the moment we ask okay christian yay good um what denominations are you you know the moment (laughs) the moment that we have different answer for the denominations we will stop and pause oh okay bye (laughs) move on because that's what i face with when i get to know drake so we are totally different denomination and that is the questions i face and that's also the questions or um, the fact that I need to look into that and, and ask myself very clear, like, where's, where am I stand? Where is God's word spoke, uh, speak about that? So I'm more like charismatic, charismatic, no, charismatic. Yeah. And um, Drake is a Greek Orthodox. Yeah, we went over this quite a bit in our, in our Growing in Faith episode. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was like episode 16, um, somewhere around there. But yeah, we... We can we come from totally different um, backgrounds, Greek Ortho- but Greek Orthodox Church has a lot of um, a lot a lot of traditions and a lot of how I put it it's it's a very rooted uh, system of beliefs that comes from the earliest times in the Christian faith, mm-hmm. and they take a lot of pride in that, and that pride, you know, in some cases helps establish the church in some cases it kind of hurts the church mm-hmm. and um so yeah in the christian faith especially there's there's lots and lots of different sects there's lots and lots of different um interpretations yeah interpretations and a lot of different um emphasis mm-hmm. so uh it's i'm not but we ultimately came together in the sense that we both love God and we both love the relationship aspect and we both love seeking God out. Yeah. We have different approaches because I think fundamentally men and women um, seek it out differently. Uh, but but that underlying stability, that, that underlying um, goal is still there. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that even though we are different denomination, we are, so I'm asking myself a question, does this person have personal relationship with God? Do I have personal relationship with God? And how, because even if we marriage, I still have to maintain our, my relationship with God, no matter what. And um, so what are what is it that we bring to the table in terms of relationship with God? And um, and we agree on that. Okay, let's seek God out, just like Drake mentioned. And so everything that we we have um, something different in our denominations, we will bring it back to the Word of God, and 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 we really like dive out, dive into. Okay, what does the Word of God say about it? So having a different denomination is not a bad thing, but I will talk more into that. How how did I navigate in terms of uh, faith? Because um, the next episode we're talking about um, having seeking out the counselor. Uh, counselor you know? Yeah, seeking out mentorships in terms of so you know, outside perspectives. Have have mentorships in faith that those that work before or walk before you. Um, will help you to navigate it as well, you know. So, um, but we will save that for the next episode. But what I try um, to to say about faith here is, is not a a deal breaker if it's a different denomination. As long as you know who that person is and you know their relationship with God, it it can be like coming to the common ground. Yeah, uh, definitely. And then, well, we talked about. Uh, uh, a bunch of different topics. The one was God. The second one was finances. So here you want to get into each other's finances. This is something that you probably want to do later on. It's not, it's like kind of like awkward if you're like, Hey, how you doing? Let's talk about finances, you know, <laughs> but. Oh, I have a, I have a good transition. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. So let's talk about God, right? Blah, blah, blah. And then say, Oh, by the way, do you tie? 
tithe. <laughs> so tithe was something that kind of weirded me out at first because my family, interestingly enough, got excommunicated from the Greek Orthodox Church ooh, ooh. for for this reason. Now, oh, maybe I'm going a little too personal, but oh, whatever. We're just keep going. <laughs> so I remember being really upset about this when I was younger because. I'm, I'm going to go off on the church now. <laughs> <laughs> they take my money. I'm so, going to move on. No, it, it was. So what happened was my mom, my mom got divorced. And so, so she was with my dad, obviously. And she, she my dad and my mom uh, separated and then div- divorced. And mind you, I'm at this point, I'm six and I'm the eldest of three. So I'm like six, five and four. And my mother was a very young woman. She was probably only like 25, 26 at that time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm way older than that. And um, so she, I, I can look back and understand how much stress she was under at that time. And mind you, this wasn't that long ago, but still back then, divorce was not acceptable in the church. Mm-hmm. So she... She was basically on thin ice. <laughs> you know, they were they were upset with her because of that. And um, and I remember during that time, I served in the altar. So I basically helped the priest. Now, in the Greek Orthodox Church, uh, there's a very loving relationship between the altar, um, the, the boys who serve in the altar, and then the priest. And you're much more comfortable with them because, unlike in the Catholic Church, the Greek Orthodox Church... Uh, uh, priests are mandatory are re- required to be married and they have their own children and they're very approachable you know they're very nice uh, fatherly figures and um, so I had a really a great relationship with our priest there and um, and eventually we got kicked out of that one because of the divorce and then we had to move on to another one and then she got excommunicated from that one because of um, I think of not not tithing um, mm-hmm. so they were, she was like, oh, I owe the church like $220 or whatever, you know, mind you, this is like the early nineties. So it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's, I was like, what? Like you owe the church money. I was trying to wrap my head around it. So I always kind of had this like bitter feeling about that because I loved going to church. I loved it, but you know, we got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> so Ouch. when Ruby brought it up again, I was like, oh, no, and I don't. told her, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I shared the story with her, and then, um, yeah. So, but that was a new, that was a new thing for me to get over because I didn't have a good relationship with this idea of tithing because of that bitter feeling. Mm-hmm. But as I grew in the church that we go to now, I see it as not just um, an expression of love for God, but I also see it as an expression of building the church. And giving the church um, revenue so that the church can go on and do great things. Because just like anywhere else, if we pool our resources together, we become more powerful. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately, I think, is the, the the purpose behind tithing. It's not, you know, there was a comedian that said, uh, there's a very cynical approach, although he's a very um, great comedian, but he had a joke that said, like, God can't, God is so omnipotent and omniscient, but he can't seem to figure out money. And what that's the why <laughs> the church is always asking for money. But that's not, <laughs> that's not what it's about. It's a very cynical and uh, one dimensional thinking uh, in terms of tithing. Tithing is not because God needs money. Mm-mm. God does not need money. Nope. <laughs> what is, it's, it's not that at all. It's, it's, it's like you have children. Like we're about to have, you know, a child, and you want it's best for your children. So you having some foresight, force them to invest, and that's what tithing actually is. So for me, I again, I didn't grow up in, you know, rich family, and for me, giving money away is not a smart thing to do. But as I become became Christian and then I learned about the beauty of tithing and how powerful it can be for the church, also for the person. 
And it's just about, you know, revealing the heart posture toward God and faith toward God. And it's just the, the powerful weapon to break um, the poverty mindset Uh, over that person, over over that generation. Now we learn how to give, and you know how much more to give, and then to receive. Um, so I think um, that's why I asked him, "Do you tie?" And to see where we are and our heart posture toward God and toward the money, because the Bible says very clear that you know we don't serve two master. You serve either God. Or manna, manna is like the god of money. So you know you can see again the posture, the um, the lifestyle of that person, and the driven of that person in life. You know what 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 driven their their life. And you can ask them like, okay, since you know you switch into the tie, you say, oh, so how do you handle money? Do you have do you budget? Do you have any budget? Do you have saving? Do you what does it look like? I know it's very sensitive questions, but hey, we we are in the You know the episode of asking big questions mm-hmm. because we when we don't ask big questions, it become blurry. And when it's become blurry, when you say yes to the you know say yes to the I do, this blurry you have to make clear it out. Otherwise, it's gonna be blurry all the time, and it's gonna be frustrated. You know, in in the long run. Yeah, and um, we had this question on here, and looking back on how we did it, it's. Um, Well, we're going to advocate one position <laughs> on this, and it says uh, we discussed: Would you have only joint bank accounts, some joint or some individual? And from our experiences, the best way to do this is everything joint. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, in my opinion, and I I heard Dave Ramsey talking about this like literally it was like the other day. Um, he was talking about. Getting out of the mindset, so I have to definitely credit him for this because this is, a, I think, a beautiful way of thinking about it. And he said you have to get out of the mindset of mine and yours, mm-hmm. and the marriage is only ours. Correct. So, so whatever money I earn is not mine; it's ours. Whatever money Ruby earns, it's not hers; it's ours. And that is really the only approach that. I can see works because there's so many arguments that couples get into that mm-hmm. can be avoided if you just remove that mindset of mine and yours. It's true. It's because true. I heard a story about this guy who was like, "Yeah, I, you know, he's apparently apparently he was very good at gambling um, with like sports betting. He knew sports very well. He'd make some really smart bets, and he would make like." Like a thousand or two thousand dollars from the bet, and that was extra money, right? Money that's outside of their typical earnings as a family, and he would use the money carelessly or frivolously, and the wife was very upset about it. And I'm pretty sure she was talking to Dave Ramsey about it. I think maybe it was. Him. It could be. It could have been the same episode. I know <laughs> I heard this story somewhere, and and it really struck home because it struck me that uh, I actually think it might it might have been this episode. But he he was talking about that money is is you, is each other's, so it's not the husband's money. It's not even though he won it, it's not extra money. It's extra money for the family. So that's I think will save a lot of people a lot of heartache and a lot of um, growing pains. Is if you is you break the mentality of of selfishness and. Embrace a mentality of operating as a family unit. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I asked the questions like, "Do do you have debt, and what is your plan to you know tackle the debts?" You know, um, because oh, one thing that I think uh, as a couple, it's very nice and kind when the other person like, "Oh, let me pay the debt for you." Um, that's also that's only apply when you guys are married. If you're not married, don't commit yourself into anything, any loans that you know co co pay, because I don't think that's healthy for the relationship, you know. Um, and so yes, for the budget, and I mean when you go deeper into the relationship and you know that person is, you know, oh I want to go further, 
uh, and approaching marriage to that person. So you can ask the, the next questions you can ask the person is like, how would you envision us determine our budget? What kind of budget are we looking at? And what do you think about having a gender-based financial expectations? Like, okay, the dad will bring in this and the wife will stay at home or you, uh, or the moms will work. You know, uh, like, are you okay if I gain more money than you? Because sometimes some, some, how would I say Asians will have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, some things that you need to ask is better to ask than yeah, you know that, that gender based financial expectations again if we go back to that mindset of our money uh-huh. then you know that really goes a long way especially when you have a single income mm-hmm. where the husband's working and the wife isn't or the wife is working and the husband isn't you know the other person is they're, they're still there's still their money it's not a just because they're home not working doesn't mean that they don't have access to money. Yeah. So getting yeah again getting rid of, the, rid of that mindset and embracing that us us mindset is really the way to go. And it's not just like one day and then you understand that it's it's a, it's gonna be like a a period of time when the couple work on it. Because I remember there's a time that um, I have to stay at home, and for me, not working and stay at home is frustration. I was frustrated, but the but Drake came home and said like, "Hey, you have you you still have money? <laughs> Go enjoy your life, you know. Not like I'm you know spending recklessly, but it just like encouraged me like, hey, our money is not yours, it's not mine, it's ours, and he trusts me to use it wisely. So yeah, it was a actually is it okay if we share the journey about credit, like uh, developing your credit. <laughs> Briefly, because we need to jump on something else. Yeah, another thing is like helping each other when you have, let's say one person is more financially savvy in terms of like developing credit. But this is only applied for marriage couples. Only applies for marriage couples, of course. (laughs) Yeah, so if you're you're like like, uh, in our case, one of us had like pretty good credit and the other one had none. Not that I'm... Yeah. Bad or anything no, because I'm just, just starting working here in America. Yeah, it's just be, like it's actually a really good thing because she's like, "Hey, I just use cash. I just use like what I have, and I have no debts." Yeah, and that's a beautiful and wonderful <laughs> thing. And I was like, "Hey, let me let me work with let's work let with have that." You out. And now <laughs> she has excellent credit. Woo woo! Praise so, the Lord. Yeah, that's a that's a thing that you can you can help each other, um, especially if you. You know, do if you work together and you have that our mindset again. Mm-hmm. Um, next topic is uh, that what definitely one that you're going to want to talk talk about. I'd say that the first three are relationship killers: uh, <laughs> God, finances, and then children. Yes. So you definitely want to again. This is not something you want to do on the first date. <laughs> no. <laughs> These three topics you're gonna want to do on like maybe the third or fourth or fifth dates, maybe I, six. Oh, you know, like you guys are serious, you yeah. know, because we are we got serious very quick, you yeah. know. So we that's why we dive in. But with children, you know, you don't want to be like, hey, what are your finances like? Do you want to have children? Do you believe in God? <laughs> like, that person's like, like, bye. That person's like, hey, I thought we were gonna have coffee. <laughs> no, you got to interview now. <laughs> But you definitely want to understand where you stand with children because um, the idea of getting married, spending three years together, and yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of like thinking about it now because I, unfortunately, I do know people who have gone through this, mm-hmm. people who didn't deserve this to have, have happen to them, and then finding out that your spouse. Uh, does not want to have children when you do is it's very hard yeah it's not it's, fun is yeah so i mean i do know couples that they don't have children and they super help, happy and healthy so it's really up to the person and again navigating the one so you make you want to know that if that person have the same goal like my in terms of children so you can ask the person hey what do you think about children do you plan to have children? How many children do you think you want to have? Because it, it's going to be a different numbers. And then here we go again. <laughs> yeah. And then you also want to discuss 
particularly if you're in your 30s or in your late 20s, around there, a timeline, uh, once you start getting serious of like, hey, when would you want to start having children? Mm-hmm. When do you think would be a good time? Um, how how many? Does that fit into the timeline? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, obviously this is something you want to discuss with a doctor, but, you know, the later on with for a female is more and more difficult. So always keep these things in mind when you're discussing that as well. And then also once you get through that, how do you want to raise the children? Um, what sort of discipline tech, um approaches do you want to have mm-hmm. what sort of values and expectations do you have for the children what would you do what are some of the things that the children could do that would really <laughs> make you not okay you know uh, how would you approach those things or you can ask like um what is the um, you know highlight from your childhood you want to pass on to your child or things that you would not do <laughs> Um, with your child so you can see a little bit of you know the parenting uh, signs of that person coming out and again is navigating and talking and getting to know the person um how how do you guys come to agreement on that and i think a lot of time for us is not about having the same thing having the same idea and same thought which is even though that we have a lot of common things but how we tackle um, disagreement, how we discuss to have a common ground when we have disagreement. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that is a skill set where a couple can last longer, you know? Definitely. So this next one is probably the one that you're going to want to open with when you're getting to know the person because uh, the next couple of ones are... The next one's pretty good too, but this one you're definitely going to want to like open with this one. And this is like Ruby was talking about is like, what are your goals? What are your, your dreams for the future? Um, what are your dreams for us as a couple? That's a, that's a really important one because for us, I'd say that our dreaming as a couple has actually really played, uh, played out. We did a lot of, I remember I went back on the list of things for us to do. We created like a running list of like things for us to do as a couple. And I remember at one point I went through it and I was like, wow, we did that. We did that. We did that. We did that. And we, by like a year, we had done a lot of the, like 80% of our list of things to do. Mm-hmm. And um, that is a, a, a great way, not just of bonding, but of moving, just like in finance, moving from that mindset of me and you to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And um, so we can you can ask the questions to to both of you guys, not just the person. Like, what are the, your dreams for the future? What is the, the dreams for us as a couple? Have a list. Be creative. Be for me when I wrote a list, it's just something that came up during conversation, during um, random talk. And I said, oh, yeah, that would be fun to do it together, to travel to this place together. Oh, my gosh, I, I love this place, too. So just write it down and then have it come up. And, um, you know, like, um, so you can have goals for your partners, goals in finance, goals in traveling, goals in um, physical growth, um spiritual growth, things like that, different aspects of things together as a couple, I think it's very healthy. And, and, and you can see, you know, again, um, growing and we're encouraging that you can start building that as a couple uh, dating stage. But it's, I think it will be more beneficial and also like exciting when it's a, a couple, like a marriage couple. Yeah. And then, um, Last question on that is really actually a beautiful one. It's about um, what are your fantasies about our marriage? And this isn't this doesn't have to be sexual. This can be, I think, even more if you take the romantic approach mm-hmm. or the romantic vision of of what this question is getting to. I think everybody has their moments from when they were a child or a teenager mm-hmm. of envisioning and like fantasizing about what their marriage would be like when they're an adult. And that's what this question is really driving at. Like what sorts of things were you really looking forward to doing as a married couple in 
in like the abstract. <laughs> if, yeah. And, um, and I know like for men and women, that's going to be very different things. I think mm-hmm. um, men, from what I've gathered from talking with other men is you, you sort of have like these fantasies about like really taking care of, of your wife. And, um, you know, at least for me, like giving uh, my wife massages and going on food runs for her when she's pregnant. And, oh, I like, remember that. You know, things like that. Yeah. And like, like I'd be like, oh man, I remember just feeling like one day my wife's going to be pregnant and she's going to be like, oh, I really want like octopus <laughs> or milk. <laughs> Which is or, not healthy for a pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> or like whatever that she's craving and the satisfaction of going out there and getting that and bringing it for her, you know, was something that I really, really look forward to, even at like a young age, you know? Yeah, that's what's very interesting when I read that your answer and I'm like, okay, <laughs> oh, cool. But for me, I think um, there were two things that about my dad uh, popped up that um, like I love to see my husband that, you know, investing into the family, like he had plans for the family. Oh, this week we're going to do this. Oh, we're going to sign up uh, you for this class. Something like a envision for the family. And I just there, you know. And also um, another, the next one is that seeing my dad cooking in the kitchen is so nice. <laughs> something, <laughs> something about um, a man cooking in the kitchen is just so romantic. I don't. I, I didn't say that to Drake, but yeah. I, I shared with him uh, after the marriage while he cooking in the <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> All right, this next topic is going on goes along with that, and that's um, questions that regards the household. So we're going to just, like, we've already covered quite, uh, quite a bit of topics, you know, and some questions. So this one we'll just kind of go through uh, more quickly. And that's, like, questions about regarding how will we manage our home in a way that honors us both? Mm-hmm. Um, who's going to take whose last name? And uh, where would you want to settle down? That's a big one, and have a home. Do you want to purchase a home? Do you want to rent for the rest of your life? Do you want to get an RV, get a boat and live on the boat? Tiny house. Tiny house. Uh, what do you call those uh, shipping shipping container houses? <laughs> uh, Where do you want to live? Yeah. In which, which city, you know? Or and and then you... what kind of pets would you want to have in the house? And yeah. uh, obviously we have Boba, the Corgi, our little dog. She is the best. Yeah, I'm glad she's that sweet. we're both dog people because we have such a great time raising her together. Mm-hmm. And then this, uh, so those are two questions that you could like really get into, like maybe early on, um, maybe more so like pets, asking questions about pets. <laughs> and then as the relationship grows, you can ask more questions about where would you like to live? Um, and then more, and as the relationship grows, how would we live together? What would that look like? Uh-huh. And um, this last section is probably going to be the last section that you want to want to talk about once you've had, once you have a good, a very good idea rather that this person is a really good choice for you and that, that you're going to work very well together in a relationship is getting to the topic of intimacy and sex. Now, we don't talk about like having sex before marriage. We're talking about like as we approach well, after we approach marriage, how does sex look like? And and it should be discussed before it because what I learned is that, um, it's, it's, uh, to be honest, it's not comfortable for girls to mention that. But as I, you know, walk through my journey and also walk through my, um, like hearing different in text and I think it's better to have a conversations and it's clear and expectations is there because um, without that you can run into so many problems just like children yeah and um, and it sets a good expectation and and good um, healthy sexual communication to discuss it first mm-hmm. so if you have a clear understanding and can have these conversations about sex before marriage and not have an understanding of like, hey, who is this person as a sexual person? What do they uh, what do they fantasize about? What are their sexual needs? 
Uh, what are their, their intimate dreams? And how often do they want to have sex? And like what makes them aroused and excited? You could talk about these things in a healthy way um, as you're getting closer and closer to marriage. And that way, once the marriage night comes, it's a very, it's a very beautiful experience. And then from there, you can grow sexually because the sexual chemistry between you as a married couple is, is very important. It's, um, but it's an after effect of the love and the, and the trust and the, the relation, the main parts of the relationship that is the love, the trust, the honor, the respect, and the coexisting together in a way that is beneficial and growing for both of each other as individuals, it will naturally lead to that. Mm -hmm. So that desire, that sexual, that healthy sexual desire is, again, an after effect of all of these things culminating in a, in a oneness relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, sec- the act of sex is. It's that be- the physical act of becoming one. Yeah. So having a good roadmap of how that's going to look like and discussing it will make sure that you both are on the same page and will make sure that you're both you both have your your sexual needs and desires met. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, um, I have to clari- uh, you know, clarify, sex is beautiful and it's God created for all human, you know? Because um, it's, it's not about, it's not about loss, it's not about, um, you know, sexually um, desire for another person. It's a beautiful journey for two people committed together and like you said, like it's a byproduct of of love and and commitment. And um, a little bit sharing uh, my story. And um, so I didn't have. Well, Drake was my first kiss. <laughs> yeah. So I told him straight up, like, "Hey, I have kept myself very clear because I want myself as um, as a gift to my husband." You know. And um, so for me, of course, I hear different things about sex and I'm, you know, I'm, I was nervous. I want, I don't know much, but again, if we not, I'm talking, not talking about pornography or, you know, lust, I'm talking about, you know, the, the one that God ordained us, oh, not ordained, but the one that God created for us is really beautiful. All I can say, like when we have intimacy time with, with me, with each other, um, all I can think one word is it's beautiful because you connect with the person in a different level that only marriage uh, couple allowed to taste it. And that is different, you know. And um, so, yeah, I just encourage you that um, discuss these hard questions with the, the person. And again, the person, give them time to think about it. I know, like, it's hard <laughs> to ask this question. But think about it and then come back later. And one of the reasons that, um, I'm sorry, not one of the reasons, we did this um, through typing because he was uh, on deployment. And so it's also, a, it was a good good timing because it gives me questions, like not face-to-face with him, but also have time to write things down and think through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're comfortable talking to each other go ahead if you say like hey let's text or write down but i encourage is in in person the reason we couldn't do it in person because you know he was away for work but i think that would be it yeah there's a couple of other topics that um that we missed but we we can go over them just very briefly um and that will be discussing things about that relate to family and friends. This is actually a really important one. Mm-hmm. And it's like how, um, especially like how you want to deal with uh, parents. In our cultures, we talked about this before another in the, the familial problems episode. Mm-hmm. Um, is In our cultures, we don't believe in putting parents in homes, nursing homes. Um, also, having a clear understanding of each other's communication styles Obviously, this is going to happen over time. This is like, hey, this is my communication style is this. And then it's actually something different, <laughs> you know. But um, at least understanding what the 
what what sort of things stress your partner out? What times do they need to be alone? What are their pet peeves? And then um, how how can you expect to stay connected throughout the day? Now, every for everyone, this is going to look a little bit different because you know people work, and some people are more or less available during work to communicate. And having boundaries about that is also very important. Mm-hmm. So we'll um, we'll leave it with that. Um, we uh, discussed a lot of topics here that are going to really drive at deep understanding of each other. And if you wrote a bunch a bunch down and you you like them, they work for you. Or if you have others that you'd like to recommend, let us know in the comments. Um, also, we want to make sure that we're letting you guys know that we love it when you guys subscribe and recommend the show to new friends and family and people that you think might really benefit from having a discussion about relationships, marriage, and um, and the topics that we like to discuss here on Engaging, on Engaging Walk. And as always, we, uh, we love you guys. We thank you. Check us out on YouTube. We recently posted a new video. It's about our road trip to Yosemite and Sequoia National Parks. You can find that on our, on our YouTube, which is Engaging Walk. And uh, we love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. So uh, for this week's assignment, um, pick out five of the questions that we, that we went over in this podcast. And make sure that you have a clear understanding of how you feel about those questions. And then ask your partner um, ones mm-hmm. that, you, that you'd like to talk with them about. Maybe these are questions that you haven't gotten into or questions that you would like to ask a future uh, a partner when you are going into that dating stage if you're single. And if you are married, you can still ask your spouse and ask and, and check if the answer has been updated, you know. Because sometimes life change and their perspective change. So keep them updated. Keep your yourself updated too um, with the answer. So for the next uh, episode, we will talk about searching for counselor. Counselor. Yeah, so just like in normal aspects of life, everyone needs a, a mentor to get them through difficult and, um, and really challenging you know, aspects of our lives. And, and marriage can be challenging. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. navigating who the right person can be when you're in that dating stage can be very challenging. And then having that outside perspective can be, is going to be really important. Yeah. So we're going to cover that in next week's episode. And... Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. My name is Drake. And my name is Ruby. And we are signing out. Thank you. Bye.